0: Let's stand together. Luke chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 17, down to verse number 20. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding. In this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. I want to preach this morning on this thought. It's been on my heart. The Lord's been telling me about it. I want to preach on this thought. Heaven. Heaven, and I get to go. Heaven, and I get to go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you for all that you're doing in this place. I hope, I hope, Lord, we never take this for granted. Lord, your goodness, your blessings, your presence, the Holy Spirit, the choir, the, the family, and your Word. Pray you'd fill me with the Holy Spirit. Speak to us. And we'll thank you and praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I had no idea when I began to study about heaven that I would find out that 32 books in the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi mentions the subject of heaven. From the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation in the New Testament, there are 21 books that mentions the subject of heaven. In your Bible, there are 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. And 53 of the 66 books has a verse or covers the subject of heaven. The very first verse in your Bible, Genesis 1-1, speaks of heaven. It's consistent all through the Word of God. If you study in the Hebrew and the Old Testament, and if you study in the Greek and the New Testament, you'll find that heaven consistently means the same things. It means lofty, it means clouds as well as higher, but it means the heavens, plural. It means the place of God, and it means eternity, and it means the heavenlies. When we study through the scriptures, we'll see some very interesting things that the Bible says about heaven. One of the things, one of the verses that really jumped out at me is Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians 12 2. Paul speaks of a man that is called up, the Bible says, to the third heaven. As I begin to think on just that one verse, Paul called up, into the third heaven. Well, if there's a third heaven, they must be a first heaven and they must be a second heaven for them to be a third heaven. So I begin to study on these thoughts and ask the Lord to guide me and direct my thoughts into the right scriptures. I begin to study about what I would call and what I believe the Bible would call the first heaven. We read there that the first heaven is the atmosphere. I don't want to bore you with facts, so just stay with me a minute. Then we'll get into the message. The atmosphere, the, the gases that are around the earth that we live in today. It's uh, 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and then argon and carbon dioxide and some other small gases but it makes life possible on the earth that you and I are living on and in today. The most vital part of these gases that I could study is within 10 miles of the earth's surface. That's the reason why that you and I this morning can take in a breath and let a breath out. That's why you and I this morning can walk, amen? That's why you and I this morning are alive. And the earth is the only planet that I know of that has and makes this possible. I read in Isaiah 55 in verse number 10. It's for, it says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and it makes it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater." May I present to you in the best way that I know how and you're hundred percent uh, uh, welcome to disagree with what I'm saying right now but I believe that within ten miles of our Earth's surface we would I believe would consider that the first heaven, the first heaven. I begin to study and if you'll turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter number one, would you turn there with me everybody's turning your Bibles Genesis chapter number one. We'll begin reading there in verse number 14, Genesis chapter number 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 14. I believe this is what we would consider and what the Bible would consider the second heaven. Notice what the Scripture says. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. that it was good. We read here in the book of Genesis that it is speaking of the stars. It is speaking of the sun, the S-U-N. It is speaking of the moon. It is speaking of the planets. And I begin to think that the Bible even calls this heaven. The Bible says the firmament of the heaven. May I present to you that I believe this is what we would call the second heaven. I studied a little bit and found out that there was 200 billion trillion stars. I don't even know how to write that. And then I I began to study about the planets. I began to study about meteors. I even looked up galaxies. And all I can say is, is, wow. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I would present to you that if you are in this service and you doubt that there is a God, or maybe you doubt the existence of God, or maybe you are struggling in your heart, is God real? I would say to you on a real clear night go outside in the yard or stand in a field and begin to look up and everything that you see, all of those billions and trillions of stars and, and the planets and the galaxies and everything that you see, I would present to you, you know what you're looking at? You're looking at the handiwork of a mighty God. Amen? Amen. And by His Word, He spoke everything into existence. I believe that would be what we would consider the second heavens. Matthew 24, 29, when it speaks of the tribulation period at the end of the world, it says the sun will be darkened and the moon will give no light. It says the stars will fall from heaven and the power of the heavens shall be shaken. But I'm interested in this third heaven. That's what I'm interested in. The Bible teaches me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I truly believe according to the Scriptures when I breathe my last breath here, my next breath will be in the presence of a holy and a righteous God. I believe that. And I don't believe that God is just floating around somewhere in some gases around the earth. I mean, I can look at God's handiwork but I don't believe that's the heaven that Paul's speaking of. He's speaking of a third heaven. Let me share some thoughts that I found there. Second Corinthians 12, 2 through 4, a man caught up. He said, "God knows about it." He said in verse number four, said he's called up into paradise, and he said, "I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter." First Kings eight twenty-seven says it speaks of heaven and the heaven of heavens. Deuteronomy ten fourteen: Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God. The earth also, with all that therein is. Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew 6, 9, and he says to pray this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Psalm eleven four says the Lord is, is in a holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Psalms 103:19, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens. His kingdom ruleth over all. I tell you what I have found. I have found that in the third heaven, is where God is, and the third heaven is where the holy temple is, and the third heaven is where the throne of God is, and the third heaven is the dwelling place of God. The Bible calls the third heaven paradise. The Bible calls the third heaven an eternal home. This third heaven is also called a place. It's called a place. When I begin to study on heaven and I begin to study what these verses are really speaking of, John 14, 1 through 3, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, but I go to prepare a place. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen? Amen. Can I say and can, can I present to you this morning that the third heaven where Jesus is, where, where the Father is, where those who have accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, that's where they are today. And can I say to you it is a real place this morning. Amen. That place means a location. That place also means a position. Ephesians 1.20, it says, Christ has sat at the right hand in heavenly places. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10, it says Christ has ascended up on high. It says in Luke 24, and 51, after Christ died on the cross and he rose again, it says that Christ was then carried up into the heavens. You men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus that you see leave in like manner shall come again. Amen? You say, where is heaven, preacher Keith? Where is heaven? Tell us where heaven is. Oh, it's past the galaxies. It's past the stars. It's past the sun. And it's past the moon. You say, where is it? The best thing that I can tell you is, is it's up. Amen? It's up. Hey, if you want to know where heaven is, just look up, amen. I don't know how much to explain it to you, but one day I'm leaving, and when I leave, I'm going up, because I can tell you I'm born again, and I'm not going down. <laughs> if you with me, say amen. amen. I'm going up. I want to preach to you a little bit about heaven, but I want to let you know I get to go. <laughs> I really, I really get to go. Can you believe that? We get to go to heaven? Amen. Amen. Hey Amen. listen now. What makes heaven so great? Because <laughs> my Savior's in heaven. My Deliverer's in heaven. My Interceder's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ is not, Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are a figure of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God. And it don't end there. It says, for us. Can I present to you this morning that Jesus Christ is in heaven. And Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father, and Jesus Christ is making intercession for you and I as I'm speaking now. Amen? Amen. Jesus is in heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Me. me. Jesus is in heaven. I know that right now I walk by faith and not by sight. And I know that I look through a glass, but I look through it darkly, but one day, our faith, our faith shall be sight, and we shall see him for who He is, and we shall know him like we have never known him. Amen. Can I present you today? You know what makes heaven so sweet? Jesus is there, amen. amen. Jesus is there, amen. but listen closely. I studied some more verses about heaven. I found out in first Peter one, three, and four an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and it does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Our inheritance is in heaven. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are heirs and joint heirs with a king. I was asking Brother Cleve Honeycutt one time. I said, wonder how these people got that, and I wonder how this was given, and I wonder how they have that much land, and I wonder this thing, and I wonder that thing, and I never will forget what he told me. He said, they got it the old-fashioned way. They inherited it. The inheritance for a lot of people is what they're just hanging on to. But can I say to you, houses will burn, cars will rust, the stock market will rise and fall, 401Ks will begin to vanish away. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Listen to me, child of God. Your inheritance in heaven is sure and steadfast. Amen? Amen. Philippians 3.20, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior. Our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That word conversation means our citizenship and our community. Hey, listen, I am a citizen of heaven. This is not my home. I'm just passing through this place. Just passing through this place. Man, it's been hot this week, hasn't it? And my wife gave me the old dreaded words. My wife gave me the old dreaded words. You going to (laughs) mow? And I was almost like, no. I said, honey, I was thinking that maybe after I've studied, maybe me and you could go get some supper. Let's just leave and we'll go get some supper. And she said, well, let's leave early so we can come back and you can mow. (laughs) Can I get an amen on that? So I ate as slow as I could. And I got home last night and I said, well, I think I'm going to go mow. Man, I got out there and I mowed, and I sweated and I mowed and I weed-eated. And I got the leaf blower and I cleaned the place up. And I looked back and I said, "You know what? I am so thankful. I mowed. It felt so good to be able to look around and things was finished." I walked into the house and my wife looked at me. and She said, "Thank you." She said, "It looks so good." We washed her car yesterday, me and her, and we vacuumed it and we cleaned the windows. And I'll present to you that God has blessed me. He's given me grass to mow, amen? Amen. He's given me a lawnmower to mow it with. He's given us a car to drive. We took care of that stuff yesterday. But I'm reminded that that is not our home. God has blessed us with so much I can rejoice over it all and I'm very thankful and I'll try with everything that's in me and the help of my wife to take care of all of it. One day I'm leaving it all because heaven is my home. That's my inheritance. That's my citizenship. You and I are just pilgrims passing through this place. Matthew 5, 12 says, for great is your reward in heaven. Did you know heaven is where rewards are given? Have you thought about that lately? Heaven is where rewards are given. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, don't lay up treasures upon earth where moth and rust and thieves can get it and destroy it, but lay up your treasures in heaven. It's the third heaven we're speaking of here. It's where the throne of God is. It's where Jesus' cross is at right now. Amen? I'm glad the Holy Spirit dwells inside of the hearts of every believer, but Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Well, I'm glad that heaven is our home. Amen. I'm glad that I get to go. I'm so thankful for that. How can we lay up treasures in heaven? I believe, and I'll share this, and I'll close with the last couple of thoughts. I believe that our treasures in heaven is who we can take with us one day. Who we can take with us one day. I believe that's to be a treasure in heaven. I look at my son Jackson that is sitting over here on my left. He had a birthday this past week. He turned 29 years old. We went down to his house and eat some breakfast together for supper. Who likes breakfast for supper say amen? Amen. Hey Amen. We had breakfast for supper and we all went out and all of the family was there and we played a game of kickball and in his backyard and we had the best time. But our treasures is who gets to go with us. I remember when Jackson was five years old, some of you's heard this story, some of you hadn't, but you need to hear it. When Jackson was five years old, we was going out to my father's Who's passed now, and we was going to take him a Christmas present. And as we was riding out the road going towards Candler, the Inca area, my son, at five years old, in the back seat, speaks up and says, "This, Dad, everyone in the car is going to heaven." And I said, "You're right." He said, "But I'm not going to get to go." There's a Wendy's out there. I pulled the car up in that Wendy's parking lot and put it up in gear, and I turned around. I said, Jackson, I said, son, you're five years old. I said, what do you mean you're not going to get to go? He said, Dad, everybody in the car is going to go to heaven but me. I said, Jackson, if you ask Jesus to be your Savior, you can go to heaven. He said, I won't do that. And that ended that conversation. We went out to my dad's. We come back home. He said this to me. He said, Dad, when you get ready to die, can I crawl up in your lap? And will you hold me as tight as you can, Dad? So that when you die and you go to heaven, Dad, can I go to heaven with you? And I wanted to say, why, yes, son. I'll hold you real tight. When I go, you can go with me. But I had to tell him the truth. And I said, son, no matter how, how tight Daddy holds you, no matter how tight I squeeze you, and you sit in my lap, and he's 29 sitting over here, and it wouldn't bother me not one bit if he come sit on my knee right now. I'd hold him right now at 29 just like I did when he was five. Amen. I said, son, as much as I'd like to tell you, yeah, I have to tell you no. We got home, and I was on the phone, and he went to his mama, and he said, Mama, I want to get saved. And Tina took our son Jackson into their bedroom, and she led him to the Lord, and he come out. He come out, and he was saved, and he told me, Daddy, get off the phone. Daddy, get off the phone. I just asked Jesus to save me. I said, Amen, son. He grabbed me on the britchy leg and pulled on my britches, and I looked down at him. He said, Daddy, when I get as big as you, I still gonna get to go to heaven. He's bigger than me now. And I'm pulling on his britchy leg. And I'm saying, you know what, son? You're bigger than me, and we still, both of us, we still get to go to heaven. Amen. The treasures of heaven. Hey, listen, get in to be there with your loved ones. Get in to be there with those that you love. Get in to be there with your church. There is nothing any greater than that treasure that's going to be in heaven. You with me? Heaven's good, but you know what's so good? I get to go. I get to go. Stay with me now. But it don't stop there. Luke says, Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. When I begin to study about your name written in heaven, I find where the Scripture teaches to pray for those who has labored with me because their names are written in heaven. I read in Revelation where it says, The only ones who will be in heaven are those whose names are written in heaven. I read and I find consistently through the Scriptures, how do you get your name written in heaven? You must be born again. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also says, with the heart man believes on the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You with me? And then the Bible teaches us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said to these disciples, he said, don't rejoice. Don't rejoice because the the spirits are subject unto you. He said, if you want to rejoice over something, rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Is your name written in heaven? Is Jesus Christ your Savior? Have you repented of your sins and turned and called on him to be your Savior and Lord? Man, there's a lot of weddings going on this year at the church. They've already been some weddings, and then there's several more weddings. And I said in the 830 service, I'm not going to start naming the weddings because I will miss one. And you will say, he didn't mention our wedding. Let me just say this, there is a lot of weddings this year. And I have noticed that... For every wedding, just about for every wedding, I can't say for all of them, we have received a letter. We have received a card in the mail, and probably some of you have also, and it says RSVP, RSVP. I've been thinking about that. You have been given the letter, and they are requesting a response. You with me? You've been given the letter, and they are requesting a response. The instructions might say, Pastor Jason, I thank you, you scan the QR code. That's Pastor Jason's language. Scan the QR code. I put my phone on it, and it turns yellow, and I mash it, and I'm like, wow, that really did something. (laughs) Scan the QR code. It might say, mail it back. It might say text. It might say go online. It might say click here or do this. But it's sent out. The letter has been sent requesting a response. I thought about this. Miss Tina, I know you're taking care of that grandbaby, but I need you to come up here with me just for a minute. This is my wife. Miss Tina, give her a hand, please good? Woo! Amen. All right, Brother Jason and Miss Keely, y'all come on up here with us. Now here's the way this thing works. I've been doing this wedding for this couple. And then at the end of the wedding, they say, now listen to what they say now. We're going to leave the church and we're going to a very nice place for the reception. Mm-hmm. And it's so formal that you have to check in at the door. Come on, honey. We have been at this wedding. I've done the rehearsal. Now I have married this couple. I have the wedding license in my pocket, and me and Miss Watt can show up and we're standing. All right, come on, Pastor Jason and Miss Keeley, y'all are with us. You know, we rode over there together and such a good young couple from our church. And, and I walk up and I say, how you doing? The man looks at me and says, name, please. Pastor Keith. Last name, please. Keith and Tina Watkins. You're not on the list. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, I, I know I'm not, I know I'm not anything special, but I did the wedding. <laughs> and then picture this with me. Jason's not saying a word. But then Keela says, Can we step by? <laughs> well, yeah, come on, Keila and Jason. And Keela says, Jason's not saying a word. Keela says, uh, Jason and Keela Cox, and they say. You're not on the list. And Keila says, I did all of them's hair. I did every girl in the wedding's hair. And me and Tina and Jason and Keela's looking through, and we're like, man, they're in there eating shrimp. They're bringing out steaks. Everyone in it, look, they're so-and-so, and and they're so-and-so. And the guy says, you guys are not on the list. So, yeah, but I preach. I've done the wedding. I'm the preacher's wife. I've been their youth pastor. The youth pastor's wife. She did all of their hair. And the man says, if you're not on the list... It don't matter what you've done. You cannot come in. Thank y'all. And may I say to you, I'm not preaching on the Milky Way. I'm not preaching on stars and planets and galaxies. I'm preaching on the third heaven. I'm preaching this morning where God the Father and God the Son is. I'm preaching this morning on how you get there through Jesus. And it does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you've done because it's not about us. It's all about him. And if your name and my name is not on the list, we're not going in. You're not going in. I don't care how many messages you've preached. I don't care how many weddings you've done. I don't care how many church services you have attended. I don't care how much you have read your Bible and how much you have even said that you've prayed. You must be on the list. And the only way to get on the list is Jesus must be your Savior. So the letter's been given. It's the Word of God. And it demands a response. You going to RSVP? Or somewhere in the back of your mind, are you fooling yourself just to think because of who you are, you're going to get in? You will not. I will not get in. On my name and what I've done. It must be Jesus.